0: Welcome to Behind the Smoke Podcast, Barbecue War Stories. My name is Sean Walchef with Cali Comfort Barbecue. We are recording Above the Butcher Shop in Spring Valley with my man Derek Marceau from Valley Farm Market. What's going down, brother?
1: Not much. Just getting ready for this beautiful holiday. Got Christmas coming up, so we've got a lot of prime rib orders, turkey orders, a bunch of stuff going on. And, uh, you know, just pushing through with the La Jolla progression. And, you know, it's a busy time of year, but it's uh, fun and exciting for sure.
0: Yeah, one of the coolest things uh, for us with this podcast is we've been able to touch a lot of different topics. Uh, We had Prince Tiger Smalls on um, last week, a couple weeks ago, and he ended up winning his title fight down in Tijuana. WBC champ. WBC champ, so uh, both him and Andy appeared on the podcast and... That weekend, they won their title fight. So we're 2-0 and o hosting fighters on this podcast.
1: It's pretty cool. They're yeah. both uh, extremely, extremely good fighters, too, and, and, and great people. So we're stoked for them and what they do. I mean, those guys grind hard at the gym. They grind us hard at the gym. Um, Prince is my trainer on Mondays, and Andy trains me on Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, along with Sean. So it's great to see them do it. A lot of times, we get to just see... Them as trainers and don't to get to see them actually work and then watching them do what they do, they're just crazy bulldogs, or they're wild.
0: Yeah, and one of the other things about this podcast is it's allowed us to talk to um, some of the people that we respect in San Diego media people that have been on the radio, people that have been in TV, people that put out um, awesome articles, online articles, um, whether it's in barbecue, whether it's in food, whether it's in hospitality, business. Uh, for us. It's just a really cool thing to develop deeper relationships and find out really what the fuck happens um, on the business side, less on a PR side, but more on a behind the smoke side. So today we get uh, Chris Cantori, who's somebody that has been on the radio um, my own, my entire life. I don't want to date you too much, but <laughs> you've been a been a legend. Ninety One X been holding it down and. Really, the coolest part is what you're doing now, and you've created a new digital media company called you Media. Um, welcome to Behind the Smoke, my man.
2: Yeah, thanks. I really appreciate it, guys, and just wanted to start by saying, first of all, uh, as far as the environment is concerned, this market's incredible.
1: Oh, thank you, man.
2: I walked in here, and uh, I'm originally from the East Coast. Sure. And, and I was like, whoa, the smell. I haven't <laughs> smelled this since I lived <laughs> back East, That's which a was you know, eons ago when I was a little kid, but it immediately took me back. Like my grandfather walking me into an old school market and just smelling the meat. And, oh, it's just,
1: it really brought me back. Was, yeah. And that's actually awesome. something that we're, we're really, you know, with the progression of, of doing a new store and, and stuff is that I never want to lose this feel. Yeah, And it's something that I actually didn't like when I was younger, you know, go home smelling like meat and, and barbecue all the time. And, um, but now it's just something that people can relate to. Yes, they, they come in and it's like, it triggers something in their mind. They enjoy it. It's authentic. It's yep. who we are. Made and me think of
2: my grandpa Joe the second I walked in here, yeah, man. Yeah, and so. uh, and the vibe, just the, the way the place is set up. It's just it's it's a really cool, comfortable space. So I just wanted to say that. And then in regards to this podcast, you guys are doing such a cool thing here. I just really wanted to let you guys know that just as someone who is still figure, I think we're all learning when it comes to uh, the platform in the, in uh, the space, but you guys are doing it right. And I uh, just wanted to commend you. I, I mean, I, I need to step up my game looking at how you guys have. Things <laughs> <set up here. laughs> no, this is, uh,
1: we just threw this together. It was, it was weird when it all came together. It was, you know, Sean um, being, In true Sean form, kind of (laughs) just uh, saying, hey, we're going to do this podcast, let's do it, let's go. And I'm like, okay, we didn't have anywhere to do it. And we couldn't do it at 8911 where his uh, office is because he has people coming in and out all the time. Sure. And I had this area, which was really just a catch-all, and it had no walls it was just kind of like a ran down we were through all the shit that we didn't want to see for a long time and uh so we just i'm like okay well let's get all that out and see we you know uh, reframe the floors and and did stuff and put up a wall i'm like okay this can actually happen so we did it it was uh Kind of like just a hodgepodge. I helped my buddy, and we just framed everything up and did it. And you know, like this, these tables, these chairs. I went on Craigslist. I got them for a hundred dollars. There you go. You know what I mean? I just
2: that's my way, <laughs> right? That's and just uh, even how you're just handled the booking process and the follow up process. There's just a. A level of professionalism that I really admire and it's again something that I need to get better at so I I commend you
0: I you have no idea how much that means coming from someone like you that has been in the industry I mean the guests that you've had the people that you've been able to talk to and interview in your career in broadcasting uh, that means a lot to Derek and I and you know we're just fucking around here putting out a podcast hoping that You know, people that care about business, people that want to open up a barbecue restaurant, people that care about hospitality, or they just want to maybe they want to start their own fucking podcast. You know, the cool thing is, is that people all over the world can relate to stories. And Mm -hmm. for us, selfishly, we get to learn from the people that, you know, take the time to come down here and record above the butcher shop. So we get to hear their stories. And, you know, for us, that's that's part of the coolest part about it. I
2: get it, man. I, I totally get it. That's what I love about the platform the most, especially, you know. When you look at radio and everything, and that plat- and that medium is delivered in such bite-sized pieces that I do love the uh, the long form uh, of podcasting, and that's something that always in- intrigued me to the platform. And-, and you look at just you know, you guys have been doing it for a while, and and it's no coincidence that people like Conan O'Brien, you know, what did he he just cut his TV show down a half hour, and, and the first thing he does is launches a podcast, yep, you right. know, and then you've got. You know, uh, Will Farrell and everyone at Funny or Die, they're jumping on board and resurrecting the Ron Burgundy thing for a podcast. So it's just cool when you see people who have been doing it for a while, like yourselves. And, uh, and the movement is just starting, in my opinion. It's been in this embryonic stage for about 10 years. And now it really is something that's becoming more viable and something I need to get better at. You know, it's, it's a discipline, as you guys know, it's not easy. Well, we've been, we've been admiring your podcast. I mean, the people that you've
0: had on just in the short time that you've been podcasting as opposed to doing the radio. um, I mean, you have an epic podcast. You have a, you have a network.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I've been very, I've been fortunate and and it's still, and I would say this, you know, it's still in its early stages, but yeah, we, uh, we started a little podcast network a couple of years ago, just under the name you and I've got my show, which is just an interview show. And uh, although I haven't done one in a while and I feel like a total jackass, <laughs> oh, I feel so bad, you don't even know. Uh, but my dear friend Chris Cote hosts an action sports podcast mm-hmm. on our network with uh, former pro snowboarder uh, Todd Richards, who's also a commentator on NBC okay. uh, <clears throat> during like the X Games and the Winter Olympics and stuff. They host a podcast together called The Monday Mass on our, on our little network along with um, a beer show by the name of Let Me Drink About It that my friend Jacob Nikos does with another guy, Jake. Really good dudes, and I've known Jacob for years here in town just in the local craft beer community. And then we have a cannabis podcast that we're in the process of rebooting Uh, that's going to be down at a a dispensary in Mission Valley by the name of March and Ash. And (laughs) uh, yeah, so that's kind of fun and then we have another one we just launched with a a comedian by the name of Vicky Barbalak who was on America's Got Talent she was a finalist last round she's from Oceanside yeah and she started one on the network called Trailer Nasty so that's kind of what we're working with now and I've taken a break you know to really kind of Focus a little bit of, uh, on the network and how we are going to grow, and what does 2019 look like for us.
0: what does 2019 look like?
2: Hopefully everyone can get paid <laughs> <laughs> that's that's really what we're working on. you know it's really hard starting something with no capital. No, for sure. and uh, that's what we did. We started something with no capital, and a lot of people have just been doing this for the for the love of the cause, you know, down for the cause, as we call it. And it's it's hard, it's hard sometimes because you know these are talented people and you want to make sure they're getting compensated for their efforts. But everyone in the network has the ability to monetize within their own shows, and that's what people have done. I don't take a piece of anything. Right. I pay for all the hosting. I pay for you know all the all the distribution that needs to be done. But other than that, people can monetize within their own shows, and I don't I don't take a piece or anything.
1: Well, it's cool because it allows the others to you know. How how often the X, X Games come around? Not so often. So it allows them to have an outlet to be able to talk and do things, you know, and this whole cannabis thing, you know, being able to um, legalize it and it's coming out. I mean, we're starting to sell CBD oil now. Oh, yeah. You know? Like just everything, the benefits people are seeing. Um you know, it's going to be a big topic because I think a lot of people just have always known it as just a narcotic that's just such a bad thing. And now you're starting to see there's so many health benefits to it. And to have a podcast where you can actually learn about it—oh, it oh, yeah. is something really, really cool. And I can turn it off when I don't want to listen to that shit anymore. And you know, I can turn it back <laughs> on. So it's just a, an amazing platform. I, don't, I think – for forever, I didn't. I never thought I could listen to something for an hour, whether it be fucking music or whatever. My my ADD kicks in. I can't do it. I get I, it. I listen to the podcasts all the time now. Yeah. I, I never thought I would. And well, now, you have
2: to build a community. Yeah, and they got to get to know you guys as humans. You know, right. that's part of it. But that's also sometimes the hard part because there's a delicate balance. You don't want to be this. You don't want to be narcissistic and selfish and oh, it's all about me and us. But that's also how you know you you do build that loyalty and that sense of community so it really is finding that balance and i've i've struggled with that myself you right. know how do you get that balance right you know and that's why i do like this i was just talking to a buddy of mine on the way over here he's a professional photographer he actually shoots for the padres he wants to start a, a photography podcast on on the network cool and i was explaining i was like the reason why i love it so much is it's like i don't play golf but Anytime I talk to a golfer, they're like the thing they love most about the game is you go out there one day and you, you can think you're Tiger Woods, and the sure. next <laughs> day you're freaking a, a hack. Right. You're like I don't even belong on this course, right. and that's how I feel as a broadcaster right. and a podcaster. There are days where I'm like, oh, there's a reason why I'm doing this, and other days where I'm like, I shouldn't be doing this. <laughs> you know, yeah. I'm not. I'm not cut for this. Right. Either I don't have the talent, or in a lot of cases, I don't have um, you know the thick skin sometimes necessary to right. really forge a path and just media in general, especially as you learn more about yourself in life and what makes you tick and all that stuff, you know,
1: now that is something you have to be very self-aware of what's, what's going on. And it's some, yes. sometimes it's hard. Sometimes you know, Dude, you, you got to look at my biggest the failures time. in life, not, yeah. not
2: being more self-aware and yeah, just getting literally. wrapped up in the, in the madness, right. you know,
1: but it's, it's also amazing because it's just part of the process of life. And it's it's just agreed. It
2: it, It applies to everything.
1: Absolutely. You just go through it and it's a lot of times people want to get so, you know, overexcited or, or, or mad about things and it's not about that it's just about yeah. going through the process and learning from it and learning like okay this didn't work or this wasn't the right thing okay let's learn from it and move move forward and once you can do that I've been trying for the past few years to just really focusing on like it's hey hard, this is life this is the process this is we're only here for well, fucking- how old are you I'm 35
2: yeah man so you're still young yeah no you know and I'm not saying that like I'm this old grizzled freaking idiot, <laughs> but- <laughs> It's, I've only figured it out the last couple of years, and I'm 48. Right. And, and I can tell you that. And, and it, necess- it wasn't necessarily ego as much as survival. You know, you just get in this situation where you're just trying to survive, trying to survive in your business, your home life, whatever it is. And when you hit that zone, for me, it became a fight or flight thing. Now, no, is this no. kind
1: of why you did like the you and stuff like that, where it's just like really focus on what you love? Yes, and, 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 there's no question, man. And then that that makes you want to wake up every morning yeah. and do it. And it's not about trying to put on this personality or doing something that you just you, you feel fake. And I'm not saying you do. I'm just saying like, you know, it, it could happen.
2: Oh, I so have you, felt fake. Yeah. I have had a hard time. That's why I have struggled, you know, on terrestrial radio when I'm tasked by management to do stuff that I don't want to do. You know, you can say, oh, he's a total dick or uh, (laughs) prima donna, or you can just say, I'm just trying to be real. Right. And that was always my MO. Unfortunately, that worked to my disadvantage at times because you end up out of work and you have a family and then I struggle with the how could I have handled myself better in that situation? Right, but you know? I think a
1: lot of people really, really resonate with, with authenticity, you know, and they can feel when people aren't being themselves. I, I can feel it all the time, I, I'll listen to something and I'm just like, nope, not for me, nope, not for me. When people are trying to push an agenda on you that you can just feel it's not really who they are.
2: The problem it, is it, though, is when people use that authenticity against you, Yeah. that's yeah, that's, that's the problem.
1: Yeah, I actually, I've never really had that happen. You're Yet, lucky. Yeah. I'm just, uh, you know, I'm fortunate. That's
0: how you you become grizzled. Yeah. 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 I mean, I think one of the things I love listening to your podcast and when you, you and Kaplan had a great conversation just about sports radio and kind of your stint at mighty 1090, but more about your career on the, on terrestrial radio, talking about vulnerabilities and things that you want to talk about as a man, you know, and I remember Kaplan's always talked about the things that listeners Interact with him about are the stuff when he talks about his kids or little league and they never fucking remember the Chargers score and they never remember, you know What happened the Padres game, but they'll always relate to the things when you talk about life.
2: No question No question and and that's because that's I mean I'm sitting here with you right now Okay, and this is the first time we've ever talked. Yeah, and you know what my the first thing I think about when I when I walked in here It's not your barbecue it's a video you posted of you and your kid at Coronado and you laughing. And I thought you had the fucking best laugh I've ever heard. And that's this awesome. interaction you had that's with your awesome. kid. And that's that's what I remembered about you. That's, that's what awesome. I remember most. So I agree with that sentiment. But that also relates to, yeah, you're talking about yourself all the time and talking about your kids all the time. And I've had programmers and management say, no one gives a shit. Right. No one cares. Get over yourself. Right but isn't there that's that's not i am over myself it's just part of my method and if it doesn't work it doesn't work you know i don't don't know
1: man what do i know (laughs) you have to find that that you know, I guess happy medium and and however, exactly you know, that where, balance where it, balanced, where it works for everybody. You know, Sean and I are very different. I, I I tend not to put my kids on on anything, social media or anything like that. I Smart. try to uh, protect. I don't them either. And and you know that's just and and Sean's very open with you know his family and and, and that and it's not which right, I
2: totally get too.
1: It's not a right or wrong. There, there's no right or wrong to it at all. And um, it's just who what what works for you and in, in your in your life. Um, you know, but there's probably times i might need to do it a little bit more you know and people want to know i do a it bit. yeah
2: I, I actually do want to retract that statement i do it but i'm very careful right i'm not you know i, I don't know i'm just real careful about it yeah just uh, I err on the side of caution, yeah? If I shoot a picture of my son playing baseball, he's wearing a hat. It's a sideways profile, and it's him hitting <laughs> something, you know, I'm proud. Right. right. Or, or my daughter maybe from a different angle where it's not necessarily her mm-hmm. face staring at you. Right. But I do think it's a balance because, yeah. on, on the other hand, I keep my wife completely private. Mm-hmm. Like, you will rarely rarely see me post a picture or even talk about my wife online it's for, so for weird. that matter. I don't know why it's
0: like such a, not not you choosing to do that, but like just if you think about like the guests that we've had on if I Google, it'll always be, you know, like Scott Kaplan, it'll be Scott Kaplan's wife. It'll yeah, be like the next search result. Landon or Nick Hardwick like too. Nick Hardwick. Like yeah. Whoever it is, it's always like, why do they want to know who your wife is so bad? Isn't that interesting? It's really weird. It's funny that. And then Tabitha Lipkin comes on and says, everyone
2: wants to know about her toes. Like, that's so
0: fucking weird.
2: I just want to know about her ass. <laughs> <laughs> um Yeah, that's interesting, and that's kind of plays into what, you know, my theory was, and I kinda of made the decision a long time ago. And the reason was is just because I was like, okay, if I'm living this quote unquote public persona, what's one thing that I can just keep that's sacred? Mm-hmm. That's just mine that no one else can have access to. Like I'll talk about my wife on the air, but I always like keeping my wife just chill. Just right. kinda Kind of there. It's just my white. Yeah, I just real private about my family. I, I really it, am.
1: Just kind of you saying that kind of makes me realize kind of what I do is I, I in the same way, kind of do the same thing where it's, I don't want to be on my phone at home and I don't want to be when I, I just want to engage with my kids and have like, it's my, that's my escape from the shit I have to do every day over here. So when I do go home, like I want to live in that moment. I want to be there with them. Right. Like me and my sons right now. We're doing something that's really cool. Every night we go out and we throw, throw, the, uh, throw the blanket on the grass or it's artificial turf and uh, <laughs> watch the stars. And you know, just just doing those and living in the moment and doing that's amazing. for me. Those are the memories that are going to be there forever. And I don't need that blasted everywhere. I don't. I don't. You know, that, that's just my. And that's selfish. No, but it's, it's just it. my time with my well, wife and my kids.
2: On the flip side, my wife is the one blasting it everywhere. <laughs> <Right>. You <laughs> know? So it's like, it's out there. No, my wife is yeah. it too. But when it just comes to my stuff, I just like using it for my own business purposes, sure. if you will. And I'll recognize family moments, but I do like trying to keep it a
1: little private. There's Absolutely. A, only
2: in that area. I'm just very protective of my wife and my family. And I just I think we all are, right? Yeah, as humans, absolutely, such as, you uh, know, man.
1: Yeah, it's been been really uh, something that I've I've really kept private. And yeah. It is what it is. Like I said, it's not right or wrong. People, you know, see, I'm the cooking guy. He talks about it all the time, how he puts his kids on and everything. It's and amazing stuff. in the way he talks about his wife. Yeah. Yeah. I think about Absolutely. that sometimes. Like, Dang, Sam. Right. I feel like such a dick. I don't even wear a friggin' ring. Right? <laughs> but the reason yeah. is, and I'm sure you can relate to, I got
2: fucking sausage fingers. Rings hurt. They hurt? and I'll get like some, my finger
1: like chafed or something. Neither one
0: of you have a wedding ring. No, my hands are totally both married. I wear rings. And my
1: hands
2: go numb, man. Wow. yeah, I'm over that. What I do love, though, I, I did find those. Um, have you checked out? And I do wear them sometimes now. Those, uh, they're, they're. I think it's like Quelo, Q A L O. Yes, they make silicone yeah. rings. Mm-hmm. And I'll tell you, most comfortable rings have. I, I mean, it's the only wedding ring I will wear are these silicone wedding rings by Q A L O they're so friggin' comfortable
0: potential new you sponsor
2: yeah right <laughs> they're way they're way out of my league they've got a fantastic digital presence but um their rings are so damn comfortable side note
1: what's the uh what's the thought for you what what, what do you want to do with that what do you want to just keep growing it and yeah um,
2: i really do organically sure. i know that's a played out term but
1: um, that, everyone says like don't oh, that's a horrible word i'm like dude that I, it's what i want to do Yeah, like, we could easily Sean and I, when we first started doing this, have never tried to go out and get sponsorships. And I think it's just something that, for me, I I think it's really cool that, look, we paid for everything. We did everything. This is all ours. No one's telling us what to do. It's just, um, you know, we're very authentic and organic with our growth we know it's we're not gonna get to a million uh, things right away but it's Same. if it happens it happens and it'll just be an organic thing and you know they can talk shit about me saying organic but i'll say it again it's fucking organic <laughs> it's just what we, it's, we yeah. are who we are and we're just going to con- continue to do what we do
2: i mean for me it's i want to get it to to a point where i can support my family doing it yeah and then maybe one day have something to leave my kids and go hey guys i built this little you know, lifestyle platform for you guys. It has, you know, articles and videos and podcasts around all these different uh, lifestyle components that are near and dear to your dad's heart and a lot of people in Southern California. And it's a viable thing, and here you
1: go. Can you kind of tell our listeners exactly kind of what it is and yeah. what, what you're you're doing with that?
2: Sure. It's um, essentially... The the idea came to me, actually, because during a couple of my... uh, I've just worked so many random jobs in this town (laughs) trying to survive. Um, Between radio gigs, at one point, I took a job over at the uh, San Diego Union Tribune, where I was the... The title was the Director of Lifestyle and Entertainment. Wow. Yeah, it was real fancy (laughs) (laughs) and just... Oh, man. The director of lifestyle and entertainment. That's fucking
0: hilarious. Like an oxymoron. I know. Can you really direct that? Fuck
2: no. (laughs) It was because I worked at 91X for 11 years and liked to drink beer and surf. (laughs) I don't know. It was just one of those things where I I got in there and basically I was in charge of all their lifestyle and entertainment platforms online and print and all that stuff. And um, it was a really weird time at the paper anyway. It was when doug manchester Papa doug papa doug owned oh, yeah. it, and uh, lynch and that whole weird thing and um i w- i saw firsthand how these media companies were producing content they had so many brilliant people there but i also saw all, all the layoffs and all these people getting cut and as a result the content would suffer and i i just there's just such a huge hole in window i thought For just uh, the stuff I love most about San Diego, and um, you know, and that surf, snow, and skate—just the action sports component—mixed with this thriving craft beer community, this emerging cannabis uh, movement, if you will, mixed with uh, the music that we love and uh, Mexican food, and it was basically (laughs) that that was the thought. How so do we start a platform that just delivers content about those things, you know? Action sports, craft beer, music, weed, and Mexican food. So uh, I said, wow, I, I really want to do that. Because I couldn't get a lot of these initiatives over. Get I couldn't get it done over at the UT. And Not I would try now. to get it done over at other places. Right. And I actually um, had done some podcasting at the UT. And I'm glad to see that they're doing that now. I think that's cool. But uh, in any event, so... When I was uh, at my last radio job, um, I said, okay, you know, I thought that that radio gig was going to be something that could have gone on for a really long time. And I always said to myself, if it didn't or if something did happen, that this is what I was going to do. I was just going to go out and do my own thing and launch my own little digital platform. So that day came, you know, it happened, you know, I lost the radio job. I knew that I had four months running to get something off the ground and just became hyper focused on it and just built the platform from the ground up. I mean, there's, it's all, it's every, I built it on WordPress, just got a theme. A buddy of mine who was was the art director at Sector Nine Skateboards for 10 years, Nate, I hit Nate up and said, dude, can you design a logo? He's like, hell yeah. So he did this logo that I fucking fell in love with. And then my buddy Rob Malt, who worked at Sector 9 for a long time, also was a uh, creative inspiration Helped me get the platform off the ground, along with um, this guy Chris Cote, who I mentioned earlier, who's a long-time Encinitas resident. He was the editor of Trans World Surf for 10 years, and he's now a WSL announcer, commentator for the uh, World Surf League, along with um, a lot of skating events for vans and stuff like that. So kind of we all pulled our our i'd say resources we had none we all pooled our visions together and said let's try it and then it didn't produce money and everyone started <laughs> feeding yeah. right. and still are committed but i've been the one really carrying the flag and trying to keep it alive
0: while trying to keep my family alive what do you think's the hardest part is it that sponsorship side that sales side because I, I mean when we talk to radio people you know jeff dots dave palais i mean we're so fortunate to have such an incredible local network of people that, you know, come to the butcher shop. They, you know, they're friends with Cali Comfort That's and awesome. they tell us, you know, I talked to Jim Trotter who works, he worked at ESPN, he worked, now he works at NFL Network and we talk about, you know, the, the separation between management, sales, and then personalities and how, you know, you're told and you're tasked to put out this certain content, but then they're out there selling something different, Yeah. you know, and they're segmenting that content. True. As a business owner, Derek and I we both get pitched all the time for advertising of course. A course, in the Tribune, Reader, San Diego Magazine, you know wherever it might be, for us it's got to be digital first. So that we can actually use it in perpetuity and we, it'll be on the internet. It'll live there. So smart. We can repurpose it on Facebook, on Instagram, on Twitter, however we want to do it.
2: And that's what separates you guys from 95% of people right now, right? Well,
0: that that, that becomes our competitive advantage, just that we're willing to look at it um, differently. How do you think you are going to approach it as a company?
2: Yeah, it's really about building audience, mm-hmm. to tell you the truth. Yeah. I mean, I can grab the sponsors, but then I need to deliver the results. Sure. And that's the thing. It's yeah, I get a good amount of downloads from the podcast, but you you compare it to Adam Carolla or Mark Marin sure. or you know, shit like that. And no, it's it's very local and regional, which makes it a challenge, you know, when you're trying to support people. Um, you know, that being said, it kind of goes back to our organic, you know, discussion about growing an audience organically. Where, if you can do that, and put yourself in a position where you can monetize all these different areas of your business and your brand, that's that's really the goal for me, at least. Where I don't have to rely solely on a hey, sponsors for a podcast. It, it, it could be, hey, po- sponsors in a podcast, and. Also, we'll integrate you into our social media strategies. Sure, you know for Insta, Facebook, Twitter, or we'll do a content strategy for you on the website because that's kind of, to be honest, that's that's how I made most of my money. It wasn't off of the traffic or audience; it was more. Yeah, I'll make you a sponsor, but I'll also write an article a week about your business and make sure it's SEO, you know, it's optimized, and uh, it'll show up on the first page of Google. Sure. You know, and it'll be on my site. And that's kind of what I sold more than, hey, I get X amount of downloads an episode. You know, they were into that. But they also wanted to see something and feel something tangible or see something. And and the way to do that was by producing that blog post or pushing something out through Insta. I can give you an example. Um, I got hit up. I swear, my wife and I literally opened a bottle of wine because I made $50 off the You Online Instagram. <laughs> the wine was probably more than the money I made. But um, I got hit up by this company called One Wheel, and have you seen those uh, those skate? They're so fucking badass. They've got the one giant wheel in the middle. It looks like yeah. a skateboard, and people fly around on those things.
1: Our guy JC had one at our event. Oh yeah, that's okay, right. he was running around Almost broke his neck, running, running around with them all day. Yeah.
2: I want one so bad. <clears throat> they're expensive though. They're like fifteen hundred, and they hit me up, and they're like, "Man, we love your you Instagram. Can we purchase a post?" I'm like, sure, how much? I'm like, 50 bucks. Yeah, I didn't know what to say. <laughs> and they're like, well, Venmo you tomorrow or PayPal you tomorrow. And they did. And I swear I showed my wife. And I was like, I made $50 <laughs> off the U Instagram. Like And yeah. cracked a bottle of wine. Right? Yeah. Popped a bottle. It was fucking awesome. That's so, crazy.
0: Just last night, I watched a Netflix special. Called, I think it's called Social Media. But it's like, it's totally fucked up. It talks about, you know, the fat Jew. It talks about Paris Hilton. But it goes like behind the scenes to you know the lifestyles that scary we are living now you know it's these are the lifestyles these are people putting they're blending what's reality and what's not reality what's news what's not fake news but like paris hilton i mean uh the jenner
2: um yeah the jenner girl the
0: jenner girl she was her fucking intern did you know that no kylie jenner was her fucking intern Kardashian, thank you. Yeah, Kardashian. Kardashian was her intern. Oh, Kim Kardashian, Kim Kardashian was, was Paris Hilton's, Hilton's intern. intern. I kind of remember that. Is
2: that insane? I knew they were friends, but I didn't know that was the connection. Yeah, I knew there was crazy. a connection. But um, yeah, it's the social media game, because that's the other thing that I've been doing on the side is um, just really immersing myself in the world. And I talk to a lot of these, these kids. You know, They're in their 20s. And they've got these Instagram feeds that have millions of followers, mm-hmm. and I can tell you they're making more money than I'm making. Right, and, and they're doing because that's the thing. Okay, I use that example of one wheel fifty dollars. I've got ten thousand followers. Imagine the place that has a million followers. Sure, do the math. Yeah. Fifty bucks, ten thousand to a million you could live off that yeah oh, you yeah. sell enough of those deals you know the money starts adding up so you've got instagram integration like i've talked to these kids up in los angeles that run a couple of feeds that have you know collectively 3.5 million followers and you know i i feel like a grandpa talking to these guys <laughs> but i'm like hey man you know what's up and they'll tell me what's up You're like, what the fuck? It's nuts. Like, I had a kid tell me straight up, why are you wasting your time on a website? No one gives a shit about a website. Yeah. Your Instagram feed, that's all you should care about. And I'm like, what? Yeah. And, and, you know, you want to argue with them, but how do you argue with a kid that is flying all over the fucking world, traveling on other people's money, and, you know, crushing it just off his Instagram feed? It's
1: hard to argue that my stepdad was asking me for help, and you know Corey's helping him now, and he kept talking about how he just wanted to get a website. I'm like, stop, no one no one's like it's good to have there, but don't don't give it too much attention, yeah, you have to have your Instagram, you have to have your Facebook. And especially for my stepdad, he owns a car wash or multiple car washes. So people want that instant, like quick little yep. video. They don't want to go to your website. they're not going to look at your website and see what deals you have. They're not going to do that shit. That shit's gone. I agree. So you have to have that Instagram, that presence. And once you do that, you're going to start to see people are going to start checking in. They're going to show their car. They're going to do different things. And people, you know, that's something tangible that you can see, and it's actually working. You know, and the the, the way that we're doing it, and Corey's doing it you know is uh is great and people can can see about who has an instagram that you know for a car wash like this is something new and the, like in the industry people aren't doing that and now he can be the innovative one I agree. in the industry so it's, it's and you can
2: even one up. who's got a podcast at a car wash right you know it's yeah. the same thing but it's it's how do you make the money and how do you monetize all the effort so for me just that's a you know, a long winded way of saying at the end of the day, it's kind of a hybrid situation uh, you know, I, I'm not into, into this for journalistic integrity. You know, I'm into this because I'm trying to do a, it's a content marketing play, you know, for at sure. the end of the day, you is a con. Yeah. You know, I just, on my way over here, I was talking to the folks at Nixon, you know, the guys who do the watches yeah. and all we were talking about was content marketing, you know, okay, you're going to give me X amount of watches, That I can give away to you followers and subscribers in exchange for how many articles a month am I going to write about Nixon products? You know, but my kids can't eat watches. (laughs) Right. That's the problem. That is part of the the problem. I guess
1: one of the things I've been blessed with and for, you know, the grocery store. 60% 60% of my business is meat. So, you know, whether it's our, our marinades or sausages or fish, you know, 60% of everything we do is meat. So it allows me the luxury to do other things. So, you know, 10 years ago when, you know, the craft beer industry started blowing up, I was able to go do my sister and I was one of the first certified sister in San Diego doing all that stuff, which was really cool back then. But I didn't have to care too much because my revenue was coming from all my meat, sure. so it's just something that I could have a passion with. And it's the same thing here now. You know, all that stuff's taken off and it's doing well, but allows it affords me the luxuries to be able to do this and not really have to worry about monetizing on it just yet. You know, I get that if it man. takes I'm... too much of my time, then it's like okay, how, how, we have to figure out something that's. Well, that's I'm living work. that now. Right. To that
2: point, I've been doing some guest spots over at um, KFMB 100.7. Yep, and. All that has done for me is given me the ability to uh, all... I mean, I'm saying that like it's done nothing. It's given me the ability to feed my family, pay my rent, and uh, allow myself to kind of build this U platform and take some of the the pressure off of me to that point exactly. You know, I've got two people that are going to start as full-blown employees. I'm just going to put on pay... I actually talked to her just last week, and I said... I, I said these words as long as I'm working on radio or working in radio, right, I don't right. want to make one dollar off the site. Right. You manage the money, yeah. pay you what you need to pay you, right. pay contributors what they need to be paid, and I don't even care. I don't need to see it as long as, like you said, right. if, as long as I've got my meat, right. you know, and my meat is radio. You know, as much as I try to you know, really double down on doing my own independent thing. We all know how expensive it is to live in San Diego. You know, if I was in Louisville or if I was in Poughkeepsie or I don't even, I'm just naming cities that have long (laughs) names, but, um, you know, it'd be a different sitch. I'd be like, whatever, man. Well, fucking rents four hundred bucks. Yeah. You know, I get a thousand bucks from a weed sponsor, you know, I'm covered. <laughs> right. But that's not how it works in San Diego when your rents three thousand dollars a month. Yeah. You know, it's what's happened in this city over there, I've been here for thirty years plus now. It's it fucking blows my mind, man, how hard it is to live in San Diego. You know the old adage of if you can make it, you know the whole New York, New York. If you can make it there, you can make it anywhere. I'm All like, right. fuck that, dude. <laughs> if you can make it in San Diego, you can make it anywhere.
1: Yeah, it's gnarly. I mean, burritos are going up to fucking eight bucks. Yeah, just for a fucking and burrito. Our man. Salaries <laughs> go down eight bucks. <laughs> right, or pay
2: you know hourly, whatever. Yeah.
1: It's uh, you know, we. We're fortunate to do that. And I think a lot of people get caught up in this process that they have to be doing something that they love all the time. Yes. And it's not always that. But you can do something. That's a great point. You know. Like, I'm guilty
2: with, of that at times. Yeah.
1: You know, with, with, with here, it's not like I enjoy flaying out fish and getting my hands and guts and doing that stuff but affords me the luxuries to do other things yep. and so if you can keep that mindset that it's just you know what you have to do to make sure that you can still maintain the relationships and do the stuff that you love well then you have to go do that for a little bit and that's I just agree. part of it
2: and I've been humbled in ways that I'll tell you you know I thought I'd been humbled in the past and that's where life is just so brilliant where it's like you know <laughs> oh, oh. You know, you you stupid son of a bitch, (laughs) you know, you silly you, you know, (laughs) where these, yeah, there are moments here these last couple of years, especially financially, where, you know, it's, 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 it's heavy. Yeah. It's heavy, man. And it it definitely humbles you and it makes you rethink. And I'm definitely reprogrammed. my, My mind and the way I work today is different than a year ago. No question, right. You know, I, you know I'm sure therapy helped with that. Sure. <laughs> and, you know, whatever. But, you know, it, I really credit it more to and attribute it more rather to life experiences. Life experiences well, sure. and the things that, I, you know, I've seen. And, you know, I used to feel real sorry for myself during certain stages. And that was, you know, kind of affiliated and associated with... Because I love talking about mental health. Like, mm. if you guys ever want to get into that discussion. absolutely, Whether now or another time... Because I've learned a lot about mental health issues and I've really done a lot of uh, self work when it came to my own mental health struggles that I ignored for years. And, um, you know, I'm thankful that I had that time over the last couple of years to do that, but it also came at a price. Was that through therapy? um, Both therapy, mostly friends, though, to tell you the truth. People who have been, most of my friends are all older. I have a lot of friends who are 60 plus, you know, old surf dogs. People in the program, guys who run NA, you know stuff like that. I'm not in the program, but I learn a lot from those guys. A buddy of mine's a pastor. I roll with the whole, you know, a pretty crazy kind of eclectic crew, and um, I'm so thankful to have these people in my life because they do teach me a lot about myself, a lot about life, and I'm able to, you know, take their wisdom and apply it. I'm still, we're all learning. They're still learning, right. you know, and yeah. they would be the first to admit it. But um, the point being, though, that, yeah, you really do learn a lot about yourself and uh, during those times of uh, despair, you know, and there were times these these last couple of years where I I, I went to places I never thought I would go, you know, and to be on the other side of that.
1: It's um, it's fucking awesome. It really is. Well, good for you for being able to talk about it too, because that's a scary place when you can't talk about it. When when you're yeah. in, in this dark, dark place and you can't even get. I yourself wasn't talking about phone. it then. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
2: right. Well, I was to my friends. Sure. You know, friends and close family. Have you used your platform at all <clears throat> to talk not about yet, mental health? Not, not that much, to be honest with you. Because yeah, I'm still it's, learning. It's
0: tough. It's you know,
2: tough too. You know, you put yourself out there. Like I've always known, I had. I've always talked openly about having anxiety but then i learn more about the anxiety and what's sure. the basis of my anxiety and you know why is it you know why is it the way it is oh because i have ocd it's ocd based anxiety all right and then you throw these life experiences into the mix and you're like oh fuck. I, you know i didn't even know what ptsd was i thought ptsd was just something that i mean part of my ignorance mm-hmm. but i thought that was something that veterans got i was yeah. just like oh, military sure. people get ptsd I've been diagnosed with it twice. Wow! You know, from two separate occasions. One from childhood, and then something that you know, a series of events from years ago that I used to talk about openly. But I used to say, "Oh, it was more of a feeling sorry for myself bit." But it was also the way that the only way I really knew how to respond at that time sure. It's just kind of like, "Oh fuck," you know. Right. I was in that bunker, just trying to. I mean, for protect me, myself. I've, you know,
0: I've I've shared. Couple times on this podcast, my struggle with alcoholism oh, and man, alcoholism I'm sorry. is it's
2: so fucking hard.
0: I'm, I appreciate that. For me, I'm grateful to be sober, you know, and that's only because I go to a program and good. I work the steps and I have a sponsor. And so you are good. sober. I am sober. It took awesome. me, you know, it took me after my second DUI to realize that I couldn't continue to run my business, live my life, and you can't do the things that I used to do. And you know, I was a hall of fame drinker. You know, I, I joke that like I'm, if there was a hall of fame for drinking, like I would fucking be in it. Yeah, but for me. It was that second DUI and knowing that I had a wife and knowing that this was the time, you know, I had to get my shit together. And luckily that there were people there that were able to help me.
2: That's how I feel. You know,
0: they were there. They listened. And like I heard what I needed to hear to know that, hey, I need to take the right steps Me too. to get my shit right. Same. You know.
2: And it's hard hearing the bitter truth about yourself sometimes facing your own reality. Yeah. Oh yeah, not easy. No, but that's also where the growth comes from. You well, it's know, not I'd easy
0: do... being a bar owner and also being a alcoholic. Fuck no. But it's... there are other people that are in hospitality that deal with this shit. Of course, you know, the lifestyle that we live. And I mean, you deal with musicians, radio. I mean, the amount. You don't of drugs think there are mental alcohol... health? Yeah, yeah, mental
2: health issues in my. But nobody, profession. Fa- no one fucking talks. about no it. No one talks it. about. Absolutely it. Absolutely not. No one talks about it yet. You know, we all, whether we're self-medicating or projecting, you know, that was my big thing is when things would get really shitty, I would project, you know. I just felt like, oh, project and oh, such the wrong, wrong way to handle it. Defense mechanism. Defense sure. mechanism. I thought one of the things I thought was so brilliant recently, I really like that Pete Davidson dude and it's not like I'm this friggin' I'm following all these Hollywood couples and <laughs> <Harry Potter> and <laughs> shit, but... I feel for that Pete Davidson guy because I know he lost his dad early in life, 9-11, his dad. Mm-hmm. And um, he also struggles with uh, depression and what have you. And um, I'll never forget during one of his rants about Kanye West, he said something along the lines of... Um, I forget what, just because you're crazy doesn't give you the right to be an asshole Mm -hmm. or something. Or I forget what the, you know, the context, what I just, it really hit me (laughs) for whatever reason, which was like, yeah, even though I have mental health issues, whether it's anxiety or learning about my PTSD, that does not give me the right to treat others, you know, differently. Sure. I got to heal myself. And you said it it was always a defense mechanism because... You know, you're just protecting yourself, sure. you know, you're, you're, it's a, it's a weird thing and it's, it's tough. It's as, tough as,
0: as men to talk about this shit, you know, as men, as fathers, you know, one of the things that, you know, we've been fortunate to have Dave Palais and Jeff Dotseth both who've done a phenomenal job with their podcast, but they've been dealing with tragedy. You know, it's been such a brutal year. Dave Palais lost his son.
2: I did hear about that. You know,
0: his that son, was... 20 years old, his youngest son. I can't even imagine.
1: Dude, I, I, and his dad
0: and his father in the same year his father committed suicide he was on this podcast and then later in this year you know he lost his son and what they've had to go through and Jeff's going through a divorce but they're talking about that as men on That's their brave. podcast who they've always I they, they, they built they built their career talking about sports they're not even fucking talking about sports they're talking about life
1: well i'll I'll say this for for dave palais um <clears throat> I went to the the funeral or the the viewing or not the viewing celebration uh, celebration life, life. <clears throat> and um the way that Dave talked when he spoke about his son is something i mean it, it it was no nothing short of amazing i mean how how well he did to be able to articulate what he had to to the the community and how I open he was because you know his son died of fentanyl. And, you know, his son had suicidal tendencies and was, was, you know, doing different things and he was getting better and he was um you know but but Dave opened up about it to everyone in the auditorium and said, Hey, everyone thinks that he killed himself. Here here's what happened and it opens up about everything and then then talks about how, you know, the relationship him and his son yeah. have. And I mean <clears throat> I couldn't help but breaking down during the thing and he held it together, but to be able to do that and be no, so I strong. I can't is, even keep it together now yeah, you're telling me uh, you this. I'm... But it's just it's just absolutely you know, it's wild to, to see the strength in, in Dave and his family. And, you know, like you said, all the things that they've gone through, it, it was, uh, you know, touching and just, it just shows you, you know, you just have to be open and, and let it all be out there. Because there's, if you just hold that inside and you don't, you know, let everyone talk shit on the, cause he's a public figure. He, people are going to talk shit and say this or that or blah, blah, blah. Just saying, Hey, here it is. Here's what happened. You know, it, it, there's just, uh, I give him a tremendous amount of kudos for, for just oh, no being the question. man he is. It's rough.
2: I, I, yeah, I just, I can't even imagine, wrap my head around it. I, I When I did hear the news, I wrapped my head around it and started crying. And yeah. it. Re, I, I don't know him, but um, it's something that I think any human father, you know,
1: well, it makes you think. No matter what, no matter what you do, if I mean, it made me think about my kids dying, and it made me yeah. think about like, okay, then who am I? What what am I doing? What in, in my life am I? Well,
2: my whole life is devoted to my kids. Right. So if I hear anything that has to do, I just any father son stuff. I mean, you just talking about him, I was sitting, all right, don't cry, you because know, I saw right. the GoPro. I'm
1: like, fuck. <laughs>
2: <laughs> um, but um, any father son thing especially hearing what you just said and a father uh, expressing his love for his son right. there's nothing more beautiful to me on no, the planet than that
1: it's uh it's amazing I, that's I, I can, yeah that's all i can say yeah
2: and and i, and I live my life for my family my wife sure. and my kids man I, I look at my kids and that's that's my role you know i used to think it's so funny when i think about my past on the radio and times of my life Especially during my tenure at 91X when I thought I was a big shot and stuff. <laughs> oh, God. What a fucking joke, man. It yeah. really does. You know, when you say stuff like that, you know, it's just... And that's the way I live now, you know? you think know? that's
0: regret or do you think that's just perspective?
2: Perspective. Yeah. I really do because uh, there's regret. There's no question, I think... Uh, That's a great question actually no question. That's a great question because there are regrets I do have regrets I do I do look back and say to myself man. There are times in my life where I wish I didn't say the stuff I said where I didn't know Words sometimes had the power and value that they I used to throw words out so casually because I just I grew up in a household where my dad told me I was fat and lazy so you just throw out words. What are words, man? You just throw the shit out. Right. You know, it's just word. You know, sticks and stones. It can break my bones, but words can never hurt me. Right. Garbage. Words can hurt. And well, they can cut deep too. And cut deep. And there are things I've said. You know, whether it's on air or off air or whatever, where it was never. I was never trying to hurt people per se. It was just more like fucking words. Just you know, just hey, trying to be funny. Trying to be cutting edge. Trying to be a ja, you know, whatever, and it's it's not real, and it's been, you know, harsh realities. You know, when you when you wake up and you're like, wait, you know what? That's not who I am. You know, that's not who I am as a human, and that's that's, you know, that's part of it. When I look back, is just regret some of the stuff I maybe have said or actions I've done, but then. I look at it, and then you. there's always two sides to every story. Right. You know? yeah. That's the other thing. I also have to cut myself a fucking break, and sure, I think we sure. all do as humans too. It's I always think it's, easy to be Monday morning quarterback. Exactly. Oh, I could have done this differently. And done this yeah. differently, and you get real down on yourself. But at the end of the day, there's always two sides to a story. you know. And I'll tell you what I've really learned, the, the thing I've learned most, especially the last couple of years... As, as it relates to what we're talking about now, is, uh, is silence. There's nothing more beautiful and powerful than silence. So there have been multiple occasions throughout the, throughout the years here where I've wanted to spout out or scream from the rooftops. But man, the power of breathing and mindfulness and silence during those moments.
1: That's where the real power is. That's 100% where the real power is. Yeah, when you know you can say something and you have the restraint not to. Yep, that's true power, dude. You know, it, it's it's there, there's no there's no faking that. There's it's so hard, so hard, and because it's that knee jerk reaction. Because I do have it.
2: failed, and that's what I'm talking about. Yeah. That's the projections that I'm talking about, and all that stuff where. Whether it's to a boss, your partner, a friend—that's all I'm talking. It doesn't matter who. Right. Anyone can be on the receiving end of it. I've been on the receiving end of it. Right. But it's all about taking responsibility for your own shit. Yeah. And that's what I'm really working on, especially these days, yeah. man. Life is so fragile, as you just pointed out with right. your story, yeah. you know, about uh, Dave. Right. That uh, if you're not mindful of how you are treating yourself, because it really does start with how you how you treat yourself. Self reflection. Yeah. yeah. It really does. How you feel about yourself. If someone's spouting off on Twitter or spewing shit, where in the past I'd want to engage and maybe mm-hmm. go fucking head to head or find out where they lived, <laughs>
1: right. which is something I would do. Right. I've
2: got a lot of Chaldean friends. Right. <laughs> and, um, and, you know, there are times where people have made it personal. And right. there are times where I've been like, well, fuck. Right. I know where you work. I know where you live. But <laughs> now. That's that's yesteryear exactly Mm. my point where now that same dialogue happens and I swear to God I'm like fuck. I feel so sorry. I'm so sorry I really feel bad that you feel that bad about yourself your place in life that you have to attack me go after me or try to Do something to make you feel better about yourself and take me down a couple of notches because guess what? There's nothing you can say to me that I haven't said to myself but a hundred times
1: worse, right? Yeah, it's um, for me, I I really think that everybody needs to get out there and whether it's, uh, you know, a little time to yourself or whatever it is, but just self-reflect and be self-aware who you are. I get that time afforded to me when I go to Alaska. I have a cabin out there. I do a lot of hunting and being in that stand or being, you know, tracking, doing my hunting, there's nothing it's silence just me and my thoughts and to a lot of people that's extremely scary to myself that was extremely scary for for a while now i actually look forward to it because i can see who i am who you know who i'm molding into to being and you know i can say okay here's what i need to change here's what i don't need to change here's what i need to double down on different things um and, and a lot of people are scared to do that and that's where you find your most most growth that's where your well, growth comes yeah. from
2: again it's the common theme i think of this i hope i'm not too deep and this no, is too, no, no 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 uh, are you sure because no. i worry we, we, about we that we, sometimes. we don't have any upper management coming okay. <laughs> <laughs> knock down our door Yeah, and there's a proof yeah showing my i worry about that sometimes yeah, right? here i am <laughs> self-doubt <laughs> <laughs> proving the madness but you're right though for you it's the cabin for me it's the water and that's part of my self-reflection when i was in therapy and seeing some guy fucking a this guy was dope i got to see him again um but i was like why do i like surfing so much i really didn't know and he's like i'll tell you he's like because you have ocd have anxiety that's the basis of your being and when you're out in the water you have all these things going on that causes you to center and causes you to be present you don't have time to think and unravel and and go down those rabbit holes or those wormholes because you lock in and you don't have time to think you're just locked into the moment when you're riding that fucking wave and when you're not riding that wave you're locked into The motion of the ocean, the flickering lights, the way the sun hits the water, the way the water moves, the way the water builds, the way the tides flow in and out, Mm -hmm. you're too consumed in that type of madness and that type of magic, if you will, not madness, that the madness goes away. That's what I was going to say. And that's why I love surfing because it's the only place I truly feel safe. Mm -hmm. I feel safer. in the. You could tell me there's a fucking, there's a shark sighting, great white shark sighting Triple overhead, (laughs) polluted water, and I'll still paddle out if I need to get my my blue therapy. i would be like, whatever. Right. I don't care. Take me down. At least I'll be in a good place. That's
1: a good way to put it. It takes the madness away. It does. And and that's how, for you, that's what it does. And everyone just needs to find that, whatever it is.
2: And keep in mind here, even me, that's why I was like, I hope this, you know, this isn't, I don't... You know, I would address, like I said in the past, you know, oh, yeah, I've got anxiety. Oh, yeah, 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 I've never really, really opened up about just accepting the fact that you have it and how to power through and work through life and give yourself a break. You know, that's the part that I'm still learning.
0: How to ask for help.
2: Yeah, yeah. I, it's, I, easy.
0: it's easy. I mean, me as an alcoholic, I had people. My My uncle was an alcoholic, thank God, because he proved to me. Not by pushing AA on me, but just by leading his life. Yeah, he proved to me that it could actually fucking exactly. happen.
2: and that's really what it comes down to: is actions of you know actions. Yeah, actions. Knowledge is nothing. Surrounding you yourself apply. around the right people, too. and that—that that is the thing. Yeah, my my circles have never been smaller. I, I swear to God, you know, I just I I just I work. I, I try to be a good person, and then I've got my my group of surf friends, my family, and people I've known from high school, and that's it. Yeah, it's and it's beautiful. And there are times where I'm like, man, I used to be so popular. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of joking, but you know, there were times where I used to really take, you know, no, you had
0: FOMO, fear of missing out.
2: The whole FOMO thing mixed with had to with, be there, had to be on. Yes, mixed with i just thought not he who dies with the most possessions wins he who dies with the most friends wins yeah i just loved having friends everywhere hey hey, hey, hey. and then you realize just how fake it all is man and Mm -hmm. you you know just it's so cliche but you really do figure out who your friends are when the shit hits the fan absolutely and the shit I thought, as I said earlier, I thought the shit had hit the fan in the past, but nothing like these last couple of years in ways that, again, darkness I've never seen. And uh, that's why now that I see the light, I I know who the friends are, Mm -hmm. you know, and it's easy to get disregarded, you know, when you are in the shit, because especially, you know, in the new age world that we were living in for a minute, we're out of it now. But for a minute, we were living in this whole yoga new age world of, oh, cut the toxicity out of your life and, you know, all that stuff. And it's still out there to agree. But what if those toxic people are the people who are actually hurting the most and crying for your help? Right. And that's what it was I noticed in my case where, yeah, I was fucking toxic, but I was also in a fucking gnarly depression, losing my mind, afraid that I wasn't going to live to see tomorrow. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So that's why it's that's why it's so profound to me and why I, I do have so much love for the people that are in my life you well, know family and friends well
0: it's I mean it's such a testament to you as a man to share with us and share with our listeners the struggles that you have gone through and you know we did talk about how words can hurt the words that You talk about and vulnerability and men as men as fathers as leaders as people that are trying to do Whatever we can in 2018 moving into 2019 to be the best people that we can be We just have to keep having those conversations. I agree with
2: you. I swear to god and I believe in god I'm trying to be better every day. Yeah, Uh, I swear to god I'm trying to be a better human to my family to my friends To just anyone that I I touch every single fucking day man. Yeah every day and that is my discipline. That's the life I live. To animals, my dog. My dog means more to more, more to me than anything right now. Because I got my dog <laughs> at the beginning of the year. That's kind of when I was at my lowest. The beginning of the year, I would say. I mean, last year was hard. But beginning of the year, I had lost... Um, oh, man, yeah, a lot of shit was going on. But um, we got this dog and my dog, Bailey. And uh, I, I really got the whole... I have a whole different take on, well, I don't believe in therapy roosters and therapy <laughs> fucking ducks and all that stuff. You don't bring those on, your, on the plane No, with you? but I do believe in therapy <laughs> dogs and uh, the role that they play and right. service that they have because my dog was so instrumental – in my recovery, I'll tell you, <laughs> yeah. for for mental health, just having that little girl with me all the time. I live for my little dog. Like yeah. even sitting here, I'm like, fuck, she's been in a cage since eleven. <laughs> you know, Trippin',s but yeah, I uh, I agree with you though. I definitely agree with you.
0: Absolutely. So how uh, how can people interact with you? Where where should we send them?
2: Yeah, anywhere. <laughs> I'm uh, I'm, uh, I'm I'm on Twitter, but not as much as I, I wish I was more active on Twitter. You're chasing Instagram. I'm chasing Follow, Instagram. Following these the days. advice of
0: a, a wise, young,
2: young man. Some young buck <laughs> who's good looking and banging all these women <laughs> in the fucking Rio. Um, at Chris Cantore, pretty much everywhere. C H R I S C A N um, T O R E. And then you, you y-e-w com is where you can find all the content and all that stuff even though we you know we had dialogue about websites being dead and all that i still believe in websites and i still have a presence and you You guys do a
0: phenomenal job man you don't give yourself enough credit you talk about it being a little tiny media company you have you have legitimately doing the things that we
2: admire oh you're kind and Working on it. That's all I can say, ma'am.
0: Hey, you're working on it, but uh, people that listen to this podcast, you've got to check out uh, Chris's podcast. He had some incredible guests, Tommy Chung, Andy Harris, (laughs) who's been on our podcast twice, Ralph Rubio, Tony Hawk, Slightly Stupid. You've had a list of people. You know what my favorite one is? Recently,
2: I talked to Shavo, the bass player from System of a Down. That's fucking awesome. <laughs> he was such a nut. The whole time I was talking to him, he was smoking weed. Nice. And I was, dude, just blowing
1: clouds <laughs> in my face.
2: And he's like, come on, hit it. And I'm like, oh, fuck. All right. There weren't cameras like there are now. So okay. I can I can always deny it. But I guess i That was your Joe Rogan, Elon Musk? On yeah, on. it was my Joe Rogan, yeah. Elon Musk. But he passed it to me at the beginning of the interview. So then I'm like, fuck, oh, dude. Fuck. I got so stoned. <laughs> and i was talking to him and the whole thing was about weed and he's got his own weed company <laughs> it was crazy but it was just the nicest fucking dude and it was just so classic seeing i just love seeing the brotherhood they're all armenian dudes and seeing their brotherhood backstage i love that yeah. shit i love that shit like it's i'm so, so i'm so open to other cultures i mean i'm here I am, Italian Catholic dude, and like I, my son, I, I did a bris with my son. My yeah. his pediatrician was right. Jewish, Doctor Schwartz, and he's like, "Hey, you want to do it the uh, the old fashioned way? Like, May the Schwartz be with you. It's on. It's on." He gave me the clippers and the whole bit and the wine and the whole thing. Wow, oh, I was awful. Oh, it was awful! I would never, oh, I'll never. I'll oh, never cut a kid's foreskin again. <laughs>
0: Well, uh, people that are listening to the podcast uh, every week, we do our social shout outs. So, those that are interacting with us, hashtag behind the smoke, uh, barbecue war stories. This week's winner is going to a barbecue comp team out of Hagerst- Hagerstown, Maryland, uh, at Harshman Barbecue. So, we're going to send out a behind the smoke mug. Keep tagging us in your photos and in your Instagram, Twitter. Follow you and Chris Cantori. We can't thank you enough, man. This was uh, badass. We appreciate you revealing all that you did please tune into his podcast check out um his sites follow him on social and we will catch you next friday
1: thanks dudes
0: hey guys this is sean and derek and we just really want to thank you for listening to the podcast it means the world to us we'd like you to go check out BehindTheSmokeMedia.com. That's our website where we have barbecue resources for you to help build your barbecue business. Uh, We also have events listed, so anything that's happening in the West Coast barbecue movement, uh, anything that's going on, we want you to go check that out so you can learn more and get involved.